Hi, my name is Bob King, and I would like to welcome you to another episode of From the Chair, a podcast that's aimed at uh, sharing new thoughts and great ideas with financial advisors. I am really glad you're with us today because my guest is a colleague of mine at The Personal Coach, Fortunato Ristagno. Uh, Fortunato is a brand coach and, and I would say branding expert and works with a lot of our clients on the process of developing a brand. So welcome, Fortunato. Thanks, glad to be here. Good to see you, Bob. Well, not everyone says that, Fortunato, <laughs> but thank you for saying so. Oh, it's always good to see you, always. Great. Uh, so let's sort of kick it off with your take on the prevailing mood out there with advisors with respect to branding. There's lots of moving parts these days with respect to business realities and normal versus not normal. Uh, what's, what are you hearing? What are you sensing from advisors as you talk to them about branding? Sure. Yeah. Well, it's been, uh, I guess, uh, about a year and a half with uh, uh, everybody experiencing COVID and, and having to make adjustments. And I think with advisors, you know, they're typically uh, relationship people. Uh, they love meeting face to face. And uh, as a result, uh, some of that was taken away from them. So they've had to rely on uh, technology and like, for instance, like Zoom and some of these other programs that are similar uh, in order to maintain uh, servicing clients and keeping those uh, relationships. And so there's been pros and cons to that. Uh, some of the cons are is advisors love meeting face to face. They are people, people. Um, um, but some of the pros to the, to the Zoom, I think they're seeing opportunities. I think that word opportunity is a big one for them, for the ones that want to embrace it. Uh, they can uh, be more convenient for their clients, for meetings, less travel for the advisor. Uh, but I think some of the biggest opportunities are, is, you know, sometimes the advisors have clients uh, that are moving out of town and now they can still have some more of a personal connection with them uh, through online conference. And then there's that opportunity where they can build referrals in, in other communities. So we've seen advisors actually expand uh, their client base uh, outside of their region or outside of their community. And in a sense, some of the Canucks to go right across Canada if they wanted to, and they have a license in those provinces. Uh, so I think, um, you know, it's, it's like when a situation happens, you make adjustments uh, to survive, you know, uh, they've had to learn uh, to uh, work with Zoom. And then it, it then it's other opportunities come up and other questions come up around that? How do I brand myself through some of these different medias? And, uh, you, yeah. know, um, you know, what should I do from, from here? How should I move forward? And how should I build this into my business, even if we go back to normal? Yeah. So are, are you seeing advisors uh, adjust, amend materials to reflect their capability to do business remotely, electronically, uh, absolutely in, in yeah. multiple fashions uh, absolutely yeah and they're asking a lot for our advice in that area which we call touch points after they built the brand you know what based on our situation what touch points should we use yeah. so there's um 
what I find is there's, uh, when you're in a situation like this, it's like, well, you know, what we assume that video is what we should use uh, more, maybe PowerPoint instead of a brochure, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, but they do need to keep in mind, you know, and we'll maybe talk about this later, is that it really depends on your ideal client. I was just talking to an advisor uh, last week and 30% of his clients don't even have email. So you really need to know who your ideal client is and then determine what touch points you're gonna use from there. Uh, so, you know, uh, a PowerPoint may not work <laughs> for some of those clients. Yeah. You need, need to take a different approach. Yeah, so, uh, so let's not put the cart before the horse here. Let's talk a bit about the process of branding like when when's an advisor ready to talk about that that topic like I, I know a lot of them want to talk about it real early in their in this their life of of just being out there I mean and and that's not always the best timing I don't think but what's your sense of what's what's the kickstart what's the best timing for an advisor to to be talking about developing his or her own brand yeah, I think as soon as you get into the business, you should start thinking about it. Uh, there's things that you can do from the beginning, and then there's things that you would do later on in the business as the business starts to grow and develop. Yeah. Uh, you know, most advisors, hey, when they first start out, like anybody in, in business, even like real estate, you just want to get as many clients as possible uh, to do that. Uh, but there's some things that uh, you can do when you're first starting out. Uh, and I would say uh, one of the best things to do, and this is not just in the beginning, but throughout, especially today, is to be uh, position yourself as an educator. Uh, it doesn't cost you a lot to do that, and it positions you really well. You, if you're working under uh, you know, a large dealer, you can ask them for support on you know, what some of those articles or educational tools might be. Uh, but in today's world, clients, Okay, how do I say this politely? They really don't give a shit about you. <laughs> they want to know what, what you're going to do for them. And education answers those questions. Yeah. And if you're just starting out in business, it may take about six months before it starts to catch on that, you know, that you have some expertise. And also when you're working on education, you're actually improving your own skills. So of course, you know, you need to get your credentials, you know, CFP, et cetera. And those are really, really important. Clients are watching that. But clients want to know what are you going to do for them versus then you bragging about yourself and just saying I'm a financial advisor. So I would say when you're first starting out, education would be the best thing. Now, I think the, uh, the next stage is where, you know, you've established a client base and you're saying, hey, you know, uh, I'm sticking with this. I want to start growing my team. Uh, or maybe you start, you have a team now. Uh, the first thing you should tell yourself when you're ready for more substantial branding is to say to yourself, branding is not a logo. Just keep telling yourself that, that it is not a logo. Uh, branding is really the, uh, the culture of your organization, communicating that culture to an ideal client profile and developing a powerful, story and message that's going to connect with those people that creates 
tribal client loyalty. That's a term that I've coined. And, and once you have a, a, a good tribe following, uh, they will not want to leave your organ, organization or do business with you. And they want to tell others. So uh, yeah, it's, um, it's hard to brand yourself. Uh, it's always good to have experts outside the industry uh, to support you with that. It'll speed things up. Uh, I always say trying to do your own brand is like trying to do brain surgery on yourself. Even with all the other business services, you know, you can speed things up quite a bit if you have an expert outside your industry helping you. It's similar to having a client, an advisor having a client who's trying to do financial planning by themselves versus you coming in and seeing where all the issues are and the gaps and the obstacles and uh, having things, providing more clarity up front and putting a plan in place. So Forch, uh Let's uh, talk a bit about the, the process that you use because uh, it is in fact a process. This isn't a scenario where you, you come in and throw artwork around it. Like there, is, there are a lot of moving parts to the process that you work through with an advisor and his, his or her team uh, before you declare that you've scored the touchdown here. So let's just talk about the process that you use and sure, yeah. and the order that you like to go in with respect to getting to that satisfactory place at the end of that. So go ahead. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So uh, of course I've made uh, mistakes in the past and, and dealing with advisors. And I think one of the best people I get advice from on improving the process is from advisors. Uh, they'll constantly challenge me on this and that. And it's like, oh, okay, we need to add that into the process. So that's been going on for 15 years now. And I'm still always looking for ways to improve uh, the process. But uh, if we're looking at kind of the, the, the basics of the process and what we try to do to support the advisor, to support their business, uh, is that um, we really just want to get to know the advisor in the beginning, you know, understand their background, how they got to where they are, why they're doing what they do, you know, what are they passionate about. Uh, I use a lot of scales on how they think, like are they uh, analytical, are they creative, where are they on the scale uh, and so we have a whole bunch of kind of scaling tools. Uh, we want to know what the team uh, has to think about the business. If the business had a personality, you know, what would that be? Uh, we want to talk to their uh, ideal clients and get ask them some similar questions and take them through some uh, similar uh, tools to determine what they think of the client. And so what we want to do is determine what the culture of that organization is first. Uh, whereas, you know, a lot of businesses will just go right to, you know, designing a logo or going right to a website and it's actually working backwards. And, and then you get a bad taste in, in, with marketing and branding because it's not working for you. But you really need to sit back and determine what is the culture of the organization. Now, the biggest obstacle is that advisors think, well, I'm kind of 
blend in with everybody else is doing. I'm saying the same thing. I'm doing the same thing. What makes me different? This is a crowded marketplace and becoming more of a crowded marketplace. Uh, but I think you can, you can actually do it. And that's why we designed this process to, to pull that out. Is it easy? Not all the time. I've, uh, it's, it's challenging. Uh, and it's, uh, we, our discovery meeting can really wear somebody down at the end. But what I do find is they really get some clarity like right after the meeting on who they are and, and, and what they should say and who they sh should be speaking to more often, the type of client. So uh, I would say, you know, really just digging and discovering what they're really, really all about. Uh, and then the next stage is, uh, it depends on the client situation. Some of them may need a company name. And uh, if they feel that's important, I actually think it is important if you want to differentiate yourself. And then coming up with a slogan and a descriptor that is in alignment with that uh, company name. So a slogan, like just do it, think different. We've heard those slogans from Nike and Apple. They really are kind of like the foundation or the, the kind of the vision, what the speaking to the client, what they want, you know, what are they looking for, uh, the, the value or the result. And then the other thing is we want to determine what their descriptor is, which is totally different. It speaks to the rational side of the brain and just says, what do you do and for who? And if you can establish those things uh, right up in the beginning, because you think about it, if a client is coming into your website or maybe they're talking to you or maybe you're doing a presentation, you want to capture what you're all about within that first five seconds. Uh, so when I talk to a lot of advisors, even in business for 40 years, they can't. They can't seem to articulate it. And the problem is, is that we say, what do you do? Or they, they, People think they're asking, what do they do? So they say, I do this or we do this. I'm a financial planner, I'm a financial advisor, I'm a wealth management advisor, whatever that is, but it just sounds the same. And so we help them come up with what that is. And what that does is just boost their confidence. Uh, and co confidence is a great selling tool. <laughs> You're confident about what you do, people wanna do business with you. Uh, so then from there, we go based on what we've uncovered so far, we need to come up with a compelling story. And the compelling story, there's some real science behind a compelling story that helps your ideal clients make a decision to do business with you. Now, if you're an advisor watching this, I'd, I'd like you to just go to some other advisors' websites and see what is the first thing that they say. And if you have some clarity on what they do, is it clear within that first five seconds? Most advisors will start off with, I do this, we do this. And like I said earlier, your clients don't really care about that. They want to know right up front, do you know who I am? Do you understand my identity? Do you understand what I'm going through? Do you understand what my goals are? How is your business going to uh, solve my issues and get me, get me my goals? And uh, so that's the first thing that a compelling story addresses. Now, of course, Clients do want to know about you and your background and what you do and all that stuff. It is important to them, but that's not the first thing that they want to hear. So narrative is extremely important, especially in today's social media world. Uh, almost sometimes more important than some visuals. Uh, you really want to nail down that compelling story. 
And then uh, from there, uh, we would build a guidelines document for your whole team to follow from day to day. And, and if you've got somebody new coming into the business, you can say, this is how we operate. This is a culture. This is what we believe. Uh, and that you think about how many people will come into a new company and don't have that. They're just based, they're hired on their skills. But, you know, do they fit from a value perspective? And so it's really important to bring people on board that way. Uh, and then from there, once the whole team is trained on the brand guidelines document, they'll get some really focused ideas uh, from that. And then we have a touch point meeting. A touch point is all the different touches that you're going to have afterwards from uh, how you answer the phone uh, to your website, to a business card for some people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, for someone's like even the smell of the office, what is that going to be? You know, that all gets uh, defined. So we list all those touch points. And most importantly, we talk about the ones we want to avoid, the ones that aren't, aren't going to help your business at all. So just stay away from them. And then we prioritize them. Here are the ones that we want to do first. Maybe it's a brand launch or a soft launch to a hard launch afterwards. Uh, and then you just start implementing it and uh, measuring it by the results of client feedback. Uh, and then just the business will just start growing from there. Uh, we've seen some really good results, like even within two years to see a, a, a business really develop from there. Also, you know, with the, they've got some good coaching behind them and they've got a good business model. When you say the process is thorough, um, I believe you're understating uh, the effort undertaken there. Uh, I have had the comment made to me after one of those discovery meetings with you that uh, this particular advisor felt like he'd been psychoanalyzed for for an hour and a half or so, and and uh, yeah. and it was it was an exhaustive sort of session, but well aimed and well intended to in fact dig out some of those nuggets that you can work with and and build around, right? Yeah, and it's not in, it's not intended to no. be that. It's just trying to. Some of the questions might be a little bit challenging. I also find almost in every meeting it gets emotional too. You know, something sure, yeah. comes up, yeah. uh, the emotions start to pour out. You never know when that's going to come, but there's some really good information that comes out of that. You can really see the passion come out on on what they're doing. Well, and that's exactly what you want to reflect in some of the work you do, right? The in developing uh, the next steps, that passion can be very powerful in, in getting to the right place. Yeah, you can't argue with emotions. No. Yeah. Uh, the other point is um, uh, you're working with advisors that are resident in different dealers, different platforms. And part of what you do is to try and work the process uh, in keeping with dealer expectations and principles and uh, demands, etc. So can you just speak to that for a minute or two? Yeah, I kind of like labeling that uh, instead of the advisor, just just throw us in the cage. Yeah. Look yeah. after all of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, dealers try to make a really good effort to provide as much uh, guidance and information uh, in regards to branding. You know, they have a business to run and a model to run and a brand to adhere to. And uh, 
you know, and, and they want, you know, advisors obviously need to have some alignment uh, with that. And every dealership is, is different. They have their diff different compliant compliance guidelines and things that you need to adhere to. Uh, and also there's advisors that, uh, you know, um, have to be at different status levels in order to get uh, uh, more freedom and what they can do for uh, at, at, at that level when, when it comes to branding. And so we need to kind of, we need to stay on top of that. And it's a revolving door. Like it's, especially over the past few years, uh, you know, dealers are trying to find better ways to improve their businesses. And as a result, things, things change. And it's hard for an advisor to kind of keep up with all of that information. And uh, that's not their thing. They want to get out there and look after uh, advisors. Yeah. So we, uh, try to support them on, on that side of it uh, and try to troubleshoot as much as we can on that, that side of it. Uh, some dealers will allow us to deal directly with them and other times we have to go through the advisor, but what we do is we pre prepare all the documentation for the advisors. We basically just forwards it to the, uh, the dealer and then when they get their information back, they just forward it back to us and we provide uh, any further uh, questions or answers. But what you don't do is just sort of hand it to the advisor and say, you deal with the compliance folks, et cetera. You're happy to jump in and, and try and steer that conversation effectively as well. I would remove the word happy. <laughs> <laughs> we just jump in because we have to. Yeah, point uh, taken. Yeah. Yeah. The good news is you do it. We, yeah, we, we do it. Yeah. yeah, we're constantly learning. Some of them, we actually have uh, periodic meetings with their uh, marketing department just to find out what's going on and come up with ideas to uh, collaborate ideas to make things uh, better. Yeah. So it's because it's all about supporting the industry. It's not about right and wrong. It's about yep. here's where we're at. It's not talk about making change, but what, what do we need to do to make it better? So I want to come back to the brand guide for just a minute or two, if, if, uh, if you're okay with that, because uh, I mean, one of the tenets that we sort of attach to is uh, we believe in process and we believe in, in documenting process, et cetera. And yeah. And if I can just add to that process, some people hate the word process. True. Process is about freedom. Yep. So if you're having trouble with the word process, replace it with freedom and clarity, yeah. and uh, then you'll experience the value of it. Well, and the point here, I think, uh, is that that brand guide uh, is another part of that journey because it, it is so clearly uh, outlines, documents, portrays, colors, words, emotions, things to say in different, you know, when you're answering the phone. So, I mean, whether we like it or not, there's often turnover in advisors offices. And so uh, this, the brand guide is part, becomes part of the, of the important documents within an organization that you can steer new people to uh, very quickly and have refresher sessions with existing staff and are we using this properly and and again avoid that need to to reinvent the wheel on on some of those important elements that aren't always top of mind 
but are really important to the organization moving forward. Yeah, if I were to add to that, I think the brand guidelines document uh, becomes an attractive tool for a new hire. When they see it, they'll, they'll say to themselves, I want to work here. I really like what they're all about. Um, I've, I've interviewed a few new employees or maybe, you know, we're doing a photo shoot with them. And I, I would just ask, you know, what brought you into this company? And they would just say, oh, the first thing I saw was their website, uh, gave me some clarity of what they're all about. Uh, and then I met with them and they showed me this brand guidelines document. I had one, one uh, person who's uh, had a marketing position uh, for a firm. She came, she used to work at Labatt's uh, Brewery, a large organization in the marketing department there. She said, I really didn't know what they were about. Um, I just, they made beer. Uh, but here it's just like got some really, some really good clarity of what, how they operate and the culture of the organization. I just, I just want to work here. So uh, it goes beyond just being a document, you know, it it's, uh, provides a really good uh, entryway into to something that you can grow in and be part of a team. Yeah, it's, it is a, uh, there's a legacy to it and a, a uh, long-term benefit to to using it and establishing that consistency and and that professionalism that goes with that yeah. and and uh, I think that document alone uh, is a huge outcome of this process for for an advisor. Uh, you know, the guy one of your first questions, uh, something just came to mind about when somebody should start. And uh, I've seen branding uh, backfire back in my early days uh, before working with advisors and working with a personal coach is that we, we developed this brand to the best of our capabilities and it would backfire because the business could not deliver the promise that the brand was communicating. And so, you know, when, when you have a business, you wanna make sure it's a well-oiled machine um, that, you know, everybody in the team is really clear. You've got good technology. You have good process and internal processes. Uh, you know, we've got one of about 16 different uh, tools and, and coaching uh, advice that we give to help an advisor get all those things in place uh, and, and, and to, to operate fully. And uh, so you want to, I think as an advisor, you want to make sure you've got a good foundation to deliver your promise before you you brand otherwise it will backfire on you yeah yeah safe to say that there are a lot of moving parts that need to be lined up and synced to make the the brand conversation more meaningful right and okay. and uh so what gets in the way what do you what have you seen like what what gets in the way oftentimes with advisors as you start to have that conversation around identity and brand and, yeah. and marketing? Uh, I think some things that get in the way, usually in the beginning, uh, and I'm not saying this is not just an advisor industry. Yeah. I've seen this happen in other industries too. And uh, usually in the beginning, you know, advisors want to look good. 
uh, or anybody in business, they want to look good. And so a little bit of the ego might come out in the beginning. Um, and after we start peeling away the layers, then, you know, then the truth and reality uh, comes out. But, um, you know, if we're kind of, you know, I think the, sorry, what's the question again? What gets in the way? What gets in the way, right, right. What gets in the way? Uh, so I think sometimes ego can get in the way. Uh, clients want somebody who's truthful. They're not salesy. They're not trying to swindle them in any way. Uh, clients are smart, you know, and they want to. They want a good relation, long-lasting relationship with somebody. We've all experienced that on anything that we've purchased. Clients do not want to be sold to, but they love to buy. Uh, I'm sure, we all know that. Uh, so um, they want to know that you're the sole provider for their specific needs. And that's where the ideal client profile comes in. So I think it's really important to, to know your ideal client profile uh, early, early, early on. Um, just trying to think what other gets in the way. I think, uh, you know, sometimes if you're an advisor, you know, you want to be the, the big picture person within your company. Uh, you don't want to be handling all these small marketing details. It'll drive you nuts. Have somebody else on your staff be the brand ambassador. Work with, say, like somebody like our team or another branding firm or whatever, and kind of manage all of those uh, details. So you, the advisor, you focus on your clients and using the tools, the branding tools to, to support you with that and working on your getting other introductions and so forth. So I think that's a big thing in the, that gets in the way is that um, advisors don't wanna let go. They wanna be part of everything because that's what they've been used to in the past. But as far as business growth goes, you need to delegate and you need to trust and you need to let the rest of your team make mistakes. Give them permission to make mistakes. It's just a learning curve. Uh, they'll really, really appreciate that rather than making them wrong all the time. Uh, it's easy to make people wrong because we're attached to revenues and so forth, but it's a good investment to say, look at, you have permission to make mistakes, not on purpose, <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of moving parts with branding. So you may not get something right and something might fail here and there, but uh, you, you look at it, you discuss it um, and you find better ways to, to improve, just make yeah. better every day. Well, and I guess the other reality, Forch, is that uh, the advisors that we tend to work with evolve as well, and, and their business develops into new and different things, and they perhaps acquire new partners or new staff people, and, and so brands do need to be kept current and updated and reflective of current realities right yeah absolutely you've got an advisor that comes in that may have a different ideal client profile yeah you have discussion around that do they do they meld together do they are they different do you have different services for each one yeah so yeah uh you need to pay attention to all of that stuff all right well those well, are the basics was, that's all okay. you do huh yeah that's pretty that's all i want to do <laughs> I need to have a life outside of this here. So, so as we sort of start to wrap 
this conversation up. Are there other issues, any other issues on this topic that you, you see coming at financial advisors that they might perhaps should get out in front of like any words of wisdom from uh, yeah there's uh, you know it's it's different for every advisor uh that we don't tell them all to do the same thing so it's very customized but i would tell advisors this is a a, a phrase that came from uh, marty lumiere uh, he's a brand guru um steve jobs really looked up to this gentleman and and uh, uh marty did a lot of stuff for apple and other tech firms but one of the things he said was uh is say this to yourself, our brand is the only blank that blanks. Our brand is the only blank that blanks. And if you can't, if you can't answer that, you need to change your business model. It means that your business model is failing or your product is failing. So that would be uh, you know, the advice is because it's really important to know what your brand is because your, your brand builds customers and then your customers will build the brand after that. It'll just become a machine after that. And you look at Apple, they, they used to put 60% of their um, efforts into marketing for their business, 60% of, of their profits into back into their business. I think it's up to 80 now. Wow. Uh, so, don't take branding lightly. It is a really, really important thing for you to do today uh, in, in, in business. And, and things have changed over the past five years. Uh, so uh, if you want your brand to work, you need to, to stay current. You're the guy to talk about it. Uh, I suspect those that have seen your work and have experienced the process uh, uh, speak very highly of it and and use it robustly to promote their business. And uh, we're going to do another one of these podcasts, Forge, where we actually involve a client and mm -hmm. and get that perspective of of the process and yeah. and the value. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, I look forward to that and sort of putting that perspective into play for our audience uh, as well. So. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I, I do thank Fortunato for joining us. And if you have uh, questions or curiosities that are specific to, to branding and, and marketing that, that uh, Forch would be uh, adept at and happy to answer, uh, send him an email. His ad email address is fort, F-O-R-T, at thepersonalcoach.com. .ca, fort at the personal coach.ca. And Fortch, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you'll be happy to, uh, to respond to any such inquiries uh, and, and uh, be as helpful as you can in, in those responses. Yeah, you bet. Uh, if the audience has other general questions or curiosities uh, with respect to the work that the personal coach does, uh, our 15 areas of key focus, our complimentary consultation uh, process. Uh, please feel free to direct those to confidence at thepersonalcoach.ca. And finally, if uh, you've got uh, questions 
or ideas rather about future podcasts, topics that you'd like to hear more about, uh, feel free to drop me a line directly at bob at thepersonalcoach.ca. And we'll see what we can do to factor some of those ideas into, uh, into future podcasts as, as we move down the road here. Uh, thanks again, Forge, for uh, joining, uh, joining today and, and uh, providing some sense and some insight into the branding conversation. Uh, we'll see you as our travels allow. And uh, again, thanks to everyone for joining us today on From the Chair. Bye for now. Thank you.